0: Coming at you live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet making fun of a series repeating itself for the fourth time. Oh yeah. We've got oh, like a, yeah. a repetition inception thing happening here. Inception? This is our fourth time doing one where things repeat. Hey, it's the Noobs <laughs> and the Whovian. My name is Austin, I'm the Whovian, these are my sons Corbin and Trip. And, and, and we're the, the Noobs. And this is that podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who, except nah.
1: Nah. <laughs> Except nah. Not anymore. Have we done a Doctor Who? Ep- I mean, we've been rewatching
0: them. Yeah. Every third episode is not yeah. Doctor Who, but <laughs> the other two... The other two. Definitely Doctor Who. Hey, welcome to episode 198, covering timey-wimey number 21, Star Trek Discovery's magic to make the sanest man go mad. This is the one where Dwight attacks Lucius Malfoy and LeBron James' wife to try and steal the plans to the spore drive. Also, space whales... <laughs> I, I can I speak whale. Well. Well. <laughs> hey, who's responsible for this madness? This one was directed by David M. Barrett. Uh, this was the um, first D- Star Trek Discovery director who had directed previous Star Trek franchises. Okay. So he had done uh, an episode of Star Trek Enterprise called Divergence. And prior to this, all the directors were brand new to Trek. Nobody had directed anything of of any prior series Hmm. or movies or anything uh, until this guy, David Barrett. And um, this is what episode seven or eight. So it didn't take long. Yeah. But still, that means that like the first half of this season Hmm. was carried by people non Trek directors, which is which is interesting when you when you think about it. So uh, the writers were Aaron Collette. And uh, Jesse Alexander, Jesse Alexander's name popped up on the screen the other day when I was watching some other show. Now I don't remember what it was because I was like, oh, I know that name. Hmm. And I didn't last week (laughs) because I'd never heard of him. But anywho, that's a fun little tidbit, isn't it? He also wrote something else. He also wrote something else. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. What (laughs) a surprise. (laughs) Wow. Hey, uh, speaking of, where do I know that guy from? Or let's start off with, where do I know that woman from? Uh, Burnham, Michael Burnham. Who, uh, aka the center of the known universe? Oh yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we we have notes. Don't, <laughs> don't you mean the center of all time and space? All time and space. What, you mean and she's every not species. actually God? And multi-dimensional. Uh, that's going that, to be the the season finale of of episode I mean, uh, of season. I five. am the universe. <laughs> she's
1: important say? across dimensions as well. Oh uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Even in the mirror universe. Mm-hmm. So if you're not caught up on Discovery don't bother i feel don't, like don't, no no it's not it's not an entirely bad up. show mm-hmm. but but i will say that it's going to be hard for the three of us to talk about this one episode in isolation so i'm just gonna yeah. say like if you haven't seen any of discovery and you're very sensitive to spoilers Pull the eject cord now because there will be We're we're gonna we're okay. Let's 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 agree to this, guys. We're not going to outright try and spoil things. Okay, we're not gonna be like. And then it was crazy when it turned out. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yes, but I mean, if we mention things like her brother was Spock. Wait. um, um, (laughs) Wait. That that actually, that's a known thing. Season one, we know that. But anyways, um, so Michael Burnham um, for a, a name so bizarre that. In universe, a character 200 years in the future says, I've never met a woman named Michael. Oh, my God. Do y'all remember that? Tilly said that the first time they met. Oh, yeah. Tilly said.
1: Well, that's because Tilly was like... A spaz at the start of the episode. Uh, the start anything? of the episode, so or a
0: spaz for like a season just, and a half. That's yeah. what I meant. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, he meant the beginning of this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. She actually said, "I've never met a woman named Michael before," and it's it's a, it's a weird choice. I
2: might have.
0: I've known friend. a Michaela, which is similar. It, it's the this exact same root. Yeah. Um, but but it, it, it's interesting. Michael's
2: just, not like. I mean, like sure, it's a guy's name, but it's not like not. It's
0: bizarre a girl's enough name. that the writers chose to put the words "I've never met a ma- a woman named Michael" into the mouth of a character on the same show. Yeah, this was not on the Orville. I mean, if it was like this was James. not on a parody thing. <laughs> this was in universe. Somebody yeah. said this, so it's it's if just It's make a weird it choice.
2: A weird name that is still like human. Then don't point it, it out.
0: That's what I'm saying. Because if it was I supposed to be like, it oh, it's a weird thing. It's the future. There's lots of women named Michael, but it never, and so then so therefore up. it never comes up. The fact that it comes up. Anyways, um, before this, uh, so so Mike, huh?
1: As like, We could go on that. We, we yeah, could ever. go on.
0: Michael Burnham is played by Sonequa Martin-Green, who was a big, na- by the way, when she got announced for this role, it was a big deal. Because she was already ridiculously famous for being in The Walking Dead for a while. Um, the the span that, she, that had her, well, you know what, though? I can't, I, that's not what that meant. It said it was like eight years. But now that I'm thinking about it, that's probably talking about the run of the show. Because she's also credited as playing the voice of Michael Burnham in Star Trek Online in 2010, <laughs> which we discovered only means that the game came out in 2010, not that she was in yes. the game in 2010.
1: IMDb is stupid. So it's weird cut. the way
0: they wow. do it. So at any rate, she was, but 70 episodes of The Walking Dead,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm not, I'm not positive, but I think, uh, be, and by the way, she wasn't there for the last season, if I remember correctly, I think she, her character died just before she joined discovery. So like there was some rumor mill stuff happening. And then when her character died on the walking dead, everybody was like, yep, she's going to be in star (laughs) Trek because she's gone now. So at any rate, um, she was, um, like a, like a prominent character, 70 episodes in the walking dead. She also played LeBron James, not wife, in space jam, a new legacy. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Uh, the name is, is Kamiya or Kamiya. I'm not, I'm, I am not i i do not even remember from the movie, but it's K-A-M-I-Y-A-H. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And then I was trying to read some things about the character and realized what it is. Is that not the name of LeBron James's <laughs> actual wife? and i went googling it corbin beat me to one punch and discovered that lebron james's wife's name is savannah savannah james and then i ran across an article that said how kamaya james paid homage to the real queen james and i was like wait what? what and i was perusing it thinking that it was talking about lebron james's mom so then i'm like is he actually married and then that's when you got got to it first that uh, yes he is and her name is savannah <laughs> that's what the article was talking about that the character pays homage to savannah james but isn't her corbin you want to go one step further on this Uh, madness
1: they they changed all of his kids names as well and i think unless i don't remember the characters right they also added a child as well he has an extra kid in the movie
0: i think (laughs) so so it's really weird to be like we want to have this actual person in the movie playing their actual self a as meme
2: of himself, by the way, because he's kinda, like, uh, he is
0: kind of a character
1: in that movie, <laughs> but he is who everybody and I guess that, is. I
0: guess that's, I guess that's it. Is that like, he's portraying this, the hyped up yeah. caricature of himself. So maybe it wouldn't be fair to then have his wife and kids portrayed mm. in the movie and like have the wife be like, uh, I don't act like that. Or the kid's like, um, dad, that's not fair. That's <laughs> like, not so it's like, I ah, just give him different names and give me an extra one just to be safe. You know, like, see, no, no, no son, that one's not you. You are the other son. That's not a real son. You see? Yeah. You know, I feel
1: like if you were starring in a movie as yourself and you had a kid that wasn't me, but was me, I would be a little annoyed about that. <laughs> yeah.
0: So it'd be like if I had a, what if, you mean, if was I was playing even in that movie I was playing me in a movie but I had 3 daughters That's, instead come on, No man. if you had
1: if you had 3 boys who are basically the same age all the same same <laughs> same characteristics different different but different names so so, so dad names. what
0: you're saying is the one that's in high school that plays guitar and is going into you know like likes computer programming that's not me is not, me. not me. no of course not his name is jordan so, but not all, those, Corbin, all those basketball
1: players that's they're yeah, playing yeah. themselves
0: yeah but. That it's different, It's Braun different, James though. Hey, anyway. Uh, <laughs> speaking of when we talk about things that aren't the thing we're talking about. So, um, she, uh, Sonequa Martin-Green also was in several episodes of a show called Once Upon a Time that I don't know if you guys saw some of. We did. We saw, like, and the we me saw first and your mom watched season. the whole thing before it That show is turned crazy. itself inside out. It was, it was not random. very... Good. Um, no, not right. I, I don't know. It was, I, I liked the show, and then several of the major actors decided to leave the show, including the central character left the show Mm. and then the show decided to do some sort of a weird soft reboot. Oh gosh. And like, it was already a a nine o'clock at night soap opera where like everybody was related to everybody. Everybody had dated everybody and everybody was trying to kill everybody. You know, it was like that, like seven seasons in like everyone had double crossed everyone. And no, no, no. I mean, it was like where anyways, (laughs) she was in that Um. (laughs) (laughs) Lorca, Lorca, Captain Lorca was he played by He sounds like the
1: villain. Doesn't he? I get yeah. a
0: name like Captain Lorca. Um, his
1: face, I swear. Um
0: yeah, they they He is a villain. It's funny. So something comes up later with his eyes. He's also I don't want to get into in it. Every other I don't want to get too much into in. it, but something comes up later with his eyes that I realize oh. they were foreshadowing yeah. for a while. They were laying, laying little breadcrumbs for you and it's part of why I think you just look at him and go that guy looks evil. Also, he's played by Jason Isaacs, who was Lucius Flipping Malfoy. Yeah, so
1: if you thought he looked evil, yeah, you're right. Yeah, just he's put a played a villain in white
0: wig on on his head and go, oh, that's wild. Oh, he was oh he's uh, uh, Corman, I'm sorry, I, I think I got his I got the character's name wrong. Who did he play in Harry Potter? <laughs> Luscious Malfoy. <laughs> Thanks for that one, Tri- Tri- <laughs> Trip. Trip Trip threw an O in yeah, well Lucius. Coming. And uh, ended up with l- <laughs> luscious Malfoy. Which Did you do that again? <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, and then he also played the voice of the Inquisitor in Star Wars Rebels. So he's Haven't just always it. a villain. Always the bad yeah. guy.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. He. Was, I don't know. He's done lots of other stuff. Nothing that, that jumped out at me. Um. So I don't even know if he was like always the bad guy or you know sometimes he's. The, I don't know. Anyways. Um. Harcourt Fenton Mud. Harry mud was played by rain Wilson, who of course we all know from metaphysical milkshake, the podcast. Yeah.
2: Yes. Obviously
0: that's where everybody knows him from, right? Yeah. Yeah. Shave him. And he was Dwight from the office. That beard is
1: crazy. It's awesome. You not that's expect amazing. baby face. You know, it's great to be able to grow that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> somebody, somebody did some like before and after shots of, of, um, Michael, Dwight and Jim beards. And now the 3 of them, yeah, and at the time all 3 of them were sporting beards and looking mm-hmm. like super yeah. and of course it was also like screenshots from the office. Oh yeah. With like, you know, yeah. Not not posed images or anything, like screenshots versus you know, like glamour shots versions of them, like you know, with their beards oiled up and you know, like the lighting perfect and like smoke I don't know, in the background. Rain Wilson everything.
1: looks like a mountain man
0: right now. He right? does <laughs> in that picture that I'm talking about. He did. He's wearing a knit cap and looks like a lumberjack. <laughs> oh my God. Which only adds to what the meme was trying to say. It's like, look at these guys. You know, um, let's see. Miscellaneous trivia. This is what's called a bottle episode. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but a bottle episode is basically you use limited sets, limited effects to try and save money. So a good chunk of this season's budget was spent in the first two episodes. Yeah. Because you had a massive space battle with dozens of ships. All kinds of CGI went into that. So the producer said that they did this episode in part because it takes place entirely on Discovery. The space whale is is the bulk of, you know, whatever special effects you get. There's no, like, space battles. There's no alien worlds. It all takes place on the ship, bottle episode, so that they could save money to make the season work. Because they spent so much money in the first two episodes. And this was also, get this, this was the first episode of Trek to open without a teaser. This, this episode, if you guys remember, started off with previously on Star Trek Discovery and then immediately went to the credits. I don't know if you guys picked up on that. I didn't notice it. It was previously and then credits. It wasn't previously and then there's a star whale and then credits. <laughs> um, this is the first time that an episode of Trek started without a teaser since Encounter at Farpoint, which Trek fans will know as The pilot of TNG, 1987. Wow. Wow. You had seven seasons of TNG, seven seasons of Deep Space Nine, seven seasons of Voyager, five seasons of Enterprise and six episodes of Star Trek Discovery before this, before you had. uh, And the only reason start, you know, encounter at Farpoint didn't have a teaser was because it was the pilot episode. It just, it just, they just got into it. There wasn't like a teaser thing. They just got into the action or whatever. So, all the way back in 1987, before you have one that that uh, if it didn't have the previously would have gone straight into the opening. Hmm. So, anyways, uh, random stuff we noticed: the name of the episode spoken in dialogue. No, Almost. I have notes. <laughs> in t- in in true uh, trek fashion this is a quote from classic literature and i say true true trek fashion both in terms of episode names and just crap that they say on the show <laughs> yeah
1: all of tng's dialogue um, yeah yeah
0: i because of my watching of tng as a kid i assumed that all like smart adults, new Shakespeare chapter and verse. <laughs> Everybody, just do y'all get like where them. I'm going with this? No, 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 worse than that. Worse than that. What I mean is, someone would quote a line of Shakespeare. Ah, like, yes. And someone well, they else would Chapter it. six, exactly, <laughs> Hamlet, scene six. And I'm like, third verse. What? Page 25 in the uh, yeah. standard version. <laughs> it's a standard version. Page 27 in the French. And then, uh, <laughs> it, it blew my mind. So, yeah, a lot of episodes were, were callbacks to classic. And I say classic literature. Could be Shakespearean. Could be uh, Greek. You know, anything like that. Um, they they constantly, constantly do this. And I literally just assumed as a kid that if you were going to make it in the military <laughs> or space just or just being a smart this. person, yeah, you would be able to have someone quote a line of Hamlet to you, not only recognize that not only then recognize a, a that it's Shakespeare, B that it's from this particular play, and C know which scene. Which act, act two, scene three. What? And then I grew up and realized nobody knows Nobody knows. Um, So this line, magic to make the sanest man go mad, is a quote from the Iliad. And it is referring to Aphrodite's sash. So Aphrodite had a a sash, or some translations say a girdle, where if you put it on someone, it made them fall in love with you. Or made them uh. fall in love with someone. I, I I don't remember the exact details, but I think it was if you gave it to someone or you put it on them or something like that, it made them fall in love with you. Are you familiar with the phrase aphrodisiac? Anyways, oh, yeah. That's where this comes from. Aphrodite. Yeah. So at any rate, um, that's where the line comes from. It was it was referring to that sash. It is magic to make the sanest man go mad. So in other words, put it on anybody. It They can't withstand the magic. They're going to go crazy mm-hmm. in love with whoever, which
1: is not the interpretation of the title of this episode. Oh yeah,
0: um, correct. It has nothing to do with making people fall <laughs> in love with you, if that's what you're saying. Um, yeah, no, it's un- more about uh,
1: going insane.
0: Unless we're talking about, my um, Stella. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, Burnham and
0: the, uh, uh, them. The but I'm and- thinking more of Stella. Stella does not care how much of a turd uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Harry Mud is. She just oh, loves at that, that beard. beard. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Um, we got a line where every time I watch this episode, I think, "Oh, he's gonna do the thing." Mudd says that escaping from the Klingon prison was a feat of magic that would make the most accomplished artist blush. Which it's makes like the me same amount of syllables. <laughs>
1: it
0: makes me so so angry. I'm like, you had the line there. You you used several of the words and even some synonyms. Mm-hmm. Why could the line not have been escaping from that Klingon prison involved a feat of magic that would make the sanest man go mad?
1: No, I think what they Why? should have done. Why did it
0: not? If you're going to get have done this, this close like to three
1: or four times, he should like, have kept saying it uh-huh. the wrong way. Each
0: loop, he says it like slightly differently. That I would have been fine with. That would have been an allegory for the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, I would. Okay. My preference would be yes. Every time we see mud it, like every loop that we see mud How at did all. You get out? He says a version of that line. Yeah. Well, that would have And maybe, maybe like even said and then. maybe e- yeah, that's fine. And maybe even says No, 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 that's not quite right. referencing the fact that he's not getting the quote right. Yeah. And then finally says it right. Actually says no, it right. No, someone else has to say it right. Uh-huh. Like, better, even better. In Star
1: Trek fashion. Like he captain, says it captain the, the final
0: like, time through. Exactly. The final time through, he says it. He says it wrong. And then who? Lorca. Michael Flipping Burnham oh, says my gosh. magic to make the sanest man go mad. And he says, that's the one. Yeah, that's and she says, Homer, the Iliad. And then <laughs> blows him out the airlock or whatever. <laughs> <you know. laughs> because she would have to say, you know, the Iliad, chapter seven. She yes. would have to, you know.
1: Yes. yes. And then blow him
0: out. I like this. We should write uh, for Star Trek. Uh, and yes. Doctor Who. I
1: think if we've learned
0: we've anything in 198 episodes of it's this that podcast. that we know better than every it's, other it's person 100%. Ever. Uh, yeah. 100%. Four, five, now, five years later. After having watched this episode three or four times, we know how best it should yes. have been yeah. done.
1: Writer? No. Editor? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Let us
0: read these things over. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one thing that I love is that New Trek, and by that I mean Discovery Onward, they have been hiring essentially Trek nerds to not as writers. First of all, they're hiring writers. They're hiring some writers who know nothing of Trek cool mm-hmm. they're hiring some writers who wanted the job because they are mega fans of star trek but they are also literally hiring star trek nerd fact checkers they have yes. people on board finally to do this crap and i love 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 that they do that um techno babble um we had the line that this crystal has the same orthogonal indices as the device on mud's wrist i'm like orthogonal uh-huh. That, that's Indicine. a word that might. Those are words. They um, are words. I
1: mean, yes. like I, I know I heard them. As with most Star Trek, they are words. But if they something, no, sometimes they're not. <laughs>
0: sometimes <laughs> oh, well, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're not. Yeah, I, I think Trek made up the word Tachyon Um They park park. definitely made up uh, "dilithium" and "trilithium." Um, you know, different things like that. Tri-lithium. Um Mud says there are precisely eight hundred and twenty-three ways to die in space, and I paused and looked at y'all and went, "That feels low." It feels like there's considerably more than 823 ways to die in space. Um, Okay. Okay. This is not a time travel holes. problem. We haven't... Uh, yeah, this... Yeah. <laughs> How does that purple marble weapon thingy work? Oh, space magic. So, oh, right. Ooh. Why didn't you say oh, so yeah. before I wrote yeah. this note? When mud was holding it, I thought that doesn't make sense because yeah. as soon it's as it touched... What's his dude? He started ripping apart at the molecular level or whatever. Yeah. Um, But then I thought, oh, maybe it has to hit something at high speed. So the fact that he's holding it, the fact that he's touching it with his bare hands is fine. It's that you throw it and like a grenade or something, it has a membrane and at a certain velocity, a certain PSI, that membrane shatters and kills you. Um, But then later on, Michael Burnham just straight up swallowed the thing. So unless the- Unless the PSI is so finely honed that the pressure of your fingertips doesn't set it off, but the pressure of your esophagus squeezing uh, it down yeah. into your stomach is enough to trigger it. I'm like, maybe. what is happening? Stomach
1: acid. I don't
0: know. Uh, no, because you saw it glow its way down her throat.
1: Yeah. It was already yeah, beginning. Stomach.
0: Yeah. Which, by the way, that was cool. And the effect was cool, but it was just but inconsistent. Also, how does this weapon work? He
1: he he repeatedly says. Repeatedly says uh-huh. this is the most painful death. It did not look. Yeah, pain. and neither no. of them
0: made any noise. Yeah, the one guy just they fell on the floor. Down. Tyler was like, brruh, brruh, "I'm sorry." He and was then definitely not. And then Burnham, screams or anything. Yeah, Burnham was smirking at Mud as yeah, she was like disintegrating.
1: Accomplished.
0: Like her final act in amidst presumably unfathomable misery was to look him in the eyes and be like, "Eh." <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't believe you. I don't believe you, Mud. Random stuff we missed. Uh, we ha- we have to, anytime we're covering a loop, we've got to have this discussion, right? Mud says that he killed, and I say missed because I'm pulling all of this from the, the memoryalpha.fandom.com. Mud says he killed Lorca 53 times, and subsequent to him saying that, we witnessed three more of the loops on screen, presuming that the loops are all precisely 30 minutes, which is what we're led to believe by mm-hmm. Stamets. This means that there were at least 28 hours of loops. 53, it, there were at least 53 times that he killed Lorca, and then at least three more times after he said that, that three more loops that we saw, 56 total, half an hour each, 28 hours of time loop, unless there's even more. Yeah. But it's yeah. at least 28 hours of so. Huh. All right. So, speaking of that, brings us into the time travel details. The method of time travel was a non equilibrial time state, which almost went into the techno babble section. <laughs> um, and then, after hearing that, we have Burnham say a time crystal, which is yeah. so much less cool than non equilibrial time state. I love
1: everyone on Star Trek as a scientist. Like yeah. theoretical physicists. Y- yes.
0: Scientist. Oh, by the way, she, um, okay, so she knew exactly what this was and, oh, it's a time crystal and how oh, it yeah. works. Oh, so you remember what here. her science specialty was? I have no idea. Xenobiology. What? Yeah. Her specialty is alien life. Biology. It's like everybody for
1: minors in like theoretical astrophysics
0: as well. I yeah. mean, there's some that you got to know if you're going to go on a starship. But yeah, still.
1: But, but yeah. The but level still. of knowledge yes, of like the bridge crew of every one of
0: these of shows every other is thing hilarious. hilarious. I
2: thought that was outlawed everywhere. Yeah.
0: How did you even know it existed? What do you mean? Uh, it's a space whale. <laughs> oh, what did y'all say about Gormagander? That's a great It's the name. coolest it's just... name
1: for the lamest creature.
2: Why
0: is it a lame creature?
1: Because It's, it's like,
0: a space whale.
2: A... whale. Actually, it kind of
1: does nothing in the episode. Oh.
2: Winged whale. Okay. It's if not we're going to talk winged. about. It doesn't, doesn't have, have wing. It does. No, those flippers. are like
1: flippers. That's not a wing.
2: I mean, it's almost a wing. Okay. Wings have like...
0: What a do wings weather. propel you through? Air. What do flippers propel you through?
1: Water. What so well, was is it propelling through? Space. So it has so neither. So it's neither. Not, it's not, it's
0: space flippers. Because it's not a whale. It's space a flippers.
1: But... <laughs> correct. You know. So correct. It's just as much a dragon as it this is a is whale. This is
0: not the first... What did you say?
2: It's just as much a dragon as it is a whale.
0: What are those dragons Why? with
1: just wings? No legs? What are those Wait, what? Called? Chinese dragons? No. <laughs> they have legs. Oh, no. do they? I don't know. No, Worms those are people. or something? They have... I think that's it. Worms with a Y?
0: <laughs> oh, possibly. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. But anyways, um, this is not the first. The Gormagander is not the first and probably won't be the last biological creature that lives in space Mm -hmm. and it just
2: doesn't bothers
0: me doctor who did this where they had the space whale and like you said it used its tail and flippers to flippity flap through space that's not how it works through nothing it's not how space works anyways uh the rules of time travel only mud and stamets are experiencing the loop And Mud is experiencing it because he's causing it with his time crystal. Yeah.
1: Which is interesting. Just a fact of the time. It's just a brute force. It doesn't really make sense. Just
0: a brute fact. We're just going to accept it. Um, But then Stamets, because of his recent integration with the tardigrade Mm. DNA. He can just kind of. So for people who were not watching the show prior to this, going, what? Um, Why can he see? The, the thing about Discovery is that it has a unique propulsion system that uses, of all things, basically mushrooms. <laughs> basically uh, mushroom spores. Hey, guys. Like he's acting like that you in You can this fly with mushrooms. Oh, I didn't think about that. Oh, my gosh. No, I didn't think that was what it was. I don't think that's what it was. He oh was on shrooms the was, whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> he was being powered by shrooms.
1: Guys, I swear, so, you can fly with these mushrooms. I swear. They,
0: they discovered that there was this creature that they could hook up to it, and it could basically fly the discovery. And they and then they discovered that whenever they man. did, it was hurting it. And oh. so they managed to splice its DNA into Stamets. So
1: instead they torture a human.
0: No, because it's no, not torture no, for him. because he I mean, wants he's, to like, yeah. So, because he was spliced with the DNA of the tardigrade, and he even said something about that in this episode, it means that he kind of exists outside of time. Like, he's not bound by time the same way we are, which kind of doesn't make sense. Which, because the spore drive yeah, the spore drive is about not being bound to space, it's about being to navigate the mycelial network. Yeah. Fungus roads. Um, uh, fungus. <laughs> basically what my myce- mycelium means. Fungus Mushroom. means mushrooms. Anyways, um, it's being able to navigate that and instantaneously pop out on the other side of the galaxy. It has nothing to do with time travel, nothing to do with temporality at all. Also him being but like a go. fourth
1: dimensional or fifth dimensional being raises uh-huh. a lot of questions about his character. And it, yeah, and it it
0: just by the way, travel this is time. season one, halfway through season one, we're now in season four. This is no longer a thing. His ability to manipulate or experience time differently or anything—it is that's they the don't weird do thing. A lot is, of time travel. In the same way that Burnham was this part Vulcan, just like human being who was raised by Vulcans, so she was kind yep. of Vulcan by by nurture, not nature, and that was a central conflict of the first season. By season two, that's going Mostly away, gone. and by season three, is obliterated, and she is like all emotion all the yep. time, um, and. In the same way, Stamets like elevation to nigh on Godhood. <laughs> yeah. What <laughs> in these couple of episodes is completely erased. So that's the thing is, yeah, all of, all of that is, is just in the background now it's, it's gone. But anyways, um, the rules are mud and Stamets are on the, are the only ones experiencing the loop and the loop is exactly 30 minutes in length. Um, let's see. Oh, under general discussion for the time travel details, is the power fluctuation during the party, is that supposed to be the loop restarting?
1: They always like to have a little thing that huh. like is supposed to signify. Signal the, loop. the time loop starting it, over, yeah. It doesn't really make sense most yeah. of the time. Like
0: the first time it happened, it's like, well, that was weird. And then like I realized it kept happening. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Huh. So and is that supposed to be the time loop?
1: Burnham, like they're supposed to be power relays. Yeah,
0: yeah. She, her pointing out, that was kind of like the most important uh, space class in the world where... Yeah. Uh, she kept, she pointed out that there's double redundancies and there shouldn't be power fluctuations. So it's like, oh, well that's going to be important later. Nope. Never talk about later. it again. Never talk about it again. Except for the fact that like it happened multiple times. We never address it again. So that brings it down to things they got wrong. Did I have a things they got right section? Oh, uh, did nothing. I think? Nope. I just had a things they got wrong section. Huh. The repeated parts were definitely off. We we have yeah. to, we always have to talk about this when we do these time loop episodes.
2: Cuz you can't make it so that they get to the conclusion faster if you don't yeah. change it. Well, which makes sense even, when Stamets even comes running in like yeah. and he so, changes
0: things. For example, the, the second time through for us uh, the viewers, the timing was a bit off. Tyler and Barnum got to the bridge faster because their interaction with Stamets was shorter. But Saru was already identifying the Gormagander. Yeah. So originally, they bump into Stamets. They have this long conversation. They get into the turbo lift. They get to the bridge. Yellow alert, whatever. And then Burnham says, it's a Gormagander. And then the second time through, they don't bump into Stamets. He comes running at them as they're getting into the elevator. There's very little interaction. And they leave. And when they get to the bridge, Saru is saying it's a Gormagander. Mm. So it's like, you know, and little things like that kept happening. Then the very
1: long dance scene.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The last time through was way too short. Last time through. Mm, Yeah. Not nearly enough time for all of the various things to happen that needed to happen. Not nearly enough time. There was noticeable character and relationship growth in Burnham uh, character growth in Burnham and relationship growth between her and Tyler, even and though that should have been impossible.
1: Happen. You know what this episode is? It's, It was all a dream. Because they they can have all of this character growth with the main character, but by the end of the episode, it's all undone. But it wasn't. It wasn't. That's That's, that's yeah, my point. Not really. But... It's yeah, like, I mean, there was
0: some stuff where it was like, oh, I heard one time we kissed, you know? So, like, yeah. they don't remember it or anything. But they definitely, like, grew closer together. Yeah. And that last time through the loop, there was no time for any of that kind of conversation. Oh, yeah. No time for any character growth. They had too much time. Uh, too, too, they were too busy fixing the captain's chair to send the signal to the other place and changing this. They cha-
1: 30 minutes.
0: Yeah, in yeah. less than 30 minutes, yeah. Um. Corbin thought there was a plot hole.
1: Well, basically, the plot hole was um, the entire final loop, the whole plan there, because
0: right, explore, explore, expand.
1: So, okay,
0: say am, more right now.
1: Let's let's. Stamets is the only one who can carry information through loops, aside from mud. mud but he's right. never going to help them. Uh, sure. So, Stamets is the only one who can carry information for loops in in the penultimate loop, um, whatever, Mud takes him into custody because he is now aware of the fact that Stamets right. can carry information through the right. So, in theory, no one would be able to communicate with Stamets in that second-to-last loop. Yeah. But then they find out all this information, like how the time crystal works... The fact that Harry Mudd would be just as interested in Burnham as in the ship, and they use all of that sort of information in their plan. Um, the final time.
0: Period. So, so Burnham and Tilly go inspect the Gormagander mm-hmm. and discover that there's a ship inside, and the the orthogonal indices match. Or blah blah blah, whatever. Yeah. And then Burnham decides, uh, we need to get yeah. we need one more shot. We need so one more trip through confront, the
2: loop. What's his name?
0: I'm gonna go get mud to reset one more time and then we've got a plan right so Corbin was like that happened and then she goes the next thing we see basically is her going to harry mudd and saying yeah but you don't know who i am i'm michael burnham i'm way more valuable to the klingons than even this ship is and so you know blah blah, blah. you need to reset and i want tyler alive so blah I'm gonna eat the thing, right? Your problem was everything she learned couldn't have been passed on to Stamets, yeah, yeah, for use in the next loop.
1: And they use all that information. That's like yes. how they how they disable his so, stuff. I think it's kind of how they find Stella and whatnot.
0: Yes, it's all of the, all of that, all, all of that, that information. There is a deleted scene that plugs this hole. In the deleted scene, Tilly, Lorca, and Stamets are all in the break. So Tilly and Burnham go inspect the the Gormagander and discover the ship and blah, blah, blah. And she says, ah, but maybe there is a way. And then we cut to her uh, talking to Mud. There was a scene in between there. Where Tilly got thrown in the brig along with Lorca and Stamets, and Tilly explains the plan to Stamets.
1: Oh, I just can't believe Harry Mud would be that dumb. Like surely mm. he would keep Stamets as isolated as possible, even if he didn't think he I was mean, going to go do? another
0: loop. I mean, what what would he be in his mind? With his limited knowledge, what would he be afraid of? That Stamets was going to tell Tilly something. She's not going to know it in the next loop, so it won't matter. Plus, he's not thinking that there's another loop. He's yeah. done. Yeah, but then he as is soon done. As
1: he thinks I should have another loop. Then he would have thought, ah, but Stamets has had access to people and whatnot, and you know. I mean, you probably would. have I think have you're thought giving Mud too much situation.
0: credit. <laughs> There's too many. It movie- took him 28 has- hours to he's, figure this yeah, out. He's, he's completely unaware guy. that anybody else is working on anything. Basically, so at any rate, that deleted scene pretty much fills in that gap. Apart from your your concern that he wouldn't have been that dumb, my my rebuttal to that is sure they would. That that's what gets villains every time in every story, um, not just Star Trek, but just. It's a common thing. Um, <laughs> our continuing segment on retractions. First of all, did they get what did they get right? Because I didn't have a things they got right section. What did they get right? Is there anything that we wanted to highlight that they did exceptionally well for a time loop story?
1: Um. Okay. This is. I like that
0: the the guy. I like the idea that the time loop is controlled. Yeah. And therefore, can be manipulated. Yeah. What were you going to say?
1: This is like really small because they, whenever they would do the thing before Stamets was able to get in there, they would be walking through all the exact same motions. But there was one time at the party where Stamets pulls Tilly aside. So when Tyler comes up, Tilly is not there to instigate the interaction Mm. So Tyler and Burnham's interaction goes differently. Yeah, I was like, "Wow, that is like crazy attention." Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Now. Probably took him a couple of tries to get that right too. So, yeah, yeah. Anything else about what they got right? Okay, so again, in our ongoing segment on retractions, last week I referenced Jonathan Price playing Governor Swan in Pirates of the Caribbean. You guys remember this? He was one of the mm-hmm. one of the doctors. He was one of the doctors. No, no he was the master. He was the master. We said he played Governor Swan in Pirates of the Caribbean, and I said he was Emma Swan's dad. Emma Swan, with one N, is the hero that I referenced earlier in ABC's hit show, Once Upon a Time.
1: The hero who left the show. The
0: hero who left the show, played by Jennifer Morrison. Elizabeth Swan, with oh, two N's, is the character from Pirates of the Caribbean, played by Keira Knightley. As always, MasterClaset Studios apologizes for the error and promises more to come. Hey guys, Noobs in the Hoobian is brought to you by listeners like Victor, Jared, and James. If you find value in what we do, like they do, and you want to give a little bit of value back, here's what you can do. Head over to com slash support. Check a couple dollars at our face. <laughs> Corbin, is that how that works? Any anything? anything? Mm, nah. I don't know. Nah. Nah. Yeah. Don't have anything? I mean, we already talked about space whales. So. Yeah.
1: I'm confused. Was are, it Are you now? Was, was it just like. Any explosion would trigger the loop reset.
2: <laughs> I wasn't said sure. As
1: long as the loop doesn't
2: continue, past I actually don't know how. It, I wasn't clear minutes.
0: why the explosion triggered
1: the loop. I disorder. wasn't clear how it started <clears throat> it at all because he has each one is like exactly thirty minutes. So at exactly thirty minutes through the loop, the last time the thing just disintegrated off of his hand. So is he like timing a button press, I or guess. the explosions were causing it? Like yeah, how is that what? working?
0: I, yeah, I wasn't clear at all. Maybe if he <clears> dies <throat>
2: before the thirty minutes,
0: I guess it does that's, seem that's s- s- what makes because s- if the sense. whole thing
2: revolves around him, right? Then yeah. he also has a safe thing. So if he dies, he'll right. be able
0: to go back. I did think that was weird that they never explained why everything was exploding. Maybe there's another deleted scene out there we don't know about. Maybe. Hmm. Mm. All right. So was it good? Was it a good story? Forget about the time travel for a minute. Was this a good story? Good Star Trek? I'm going to start off and say, yeah, I loved it. Um, I like, I mean, there's a lot of character stuff. There's a lot of spacey wacey you know, sci-fi stuff. Uh, there was a lot of Easter eggs in Lorca's room. Like, um, that one skeleton was a Gorgon, I think,
1: which a was a, a thing huh?
0: that, that, uh, Kirk wrestled or oh, something. Like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, lizard, the, the lizard, episode. the lizard guy. Yeah.
1: It was like shirtless wrestling. Yeah. On some with, the lizard, with
0: the lizard guy. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty, pretty sure things that's, I, remember I think that's TMS. called a Gorgon and I think that's what that skeleton was. Um, there's, there's other little Easter eggs in there. Um, so yeah, I think that it was a, uh, a great story. Lots of fun, lots and lots of comedic moments. Um, of course you've got Rain Wilson. You're going to have some fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but just a lot, a lot of fun stuff. Action, sci-fi adventure. I loved the, uh, kill Lorca montage where he's <laughs> like, do you have any idea how many times I've killed you? And then it goes into like eight or nine of the, of him killing him. And it's like, so so wide-ranging. Everything from blasting him with a phaser that disintegrates him to blasting him with a phaser in the heart so that he dies a little slower to sitting in the captain's chair eating an apple and beaming him into space.
1: Yeah. Why um, is he the only character that uses the transporter?
0: <laughs> Why? Why what?
1: Why? Oh, like he used the transporter better than anyone else in Starfleet, them. you mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, yes, I love that Trip was doing the hand flourishes. I love that he gave himself Q-like powers by uh apparently injecting code into the computer that would allow him to use the transporters via hand wave. I love that. I love that. So yes, is it a good story? Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Trip. Um, I think yes, it was a very good story. I had a lot of fun with this one. And I think Rain Wilson definitely pulled off Harry Mudd very well. I mean, yeah, I don't have
0: any complaints about this one. Cool. Corbin?
1: Yeah, I'm also going to say yes. This is just fun.
0: Awesome. Was it a good time travel story? So ta- let's put the caveat in there. Was this a good time loop story? As connoisseurs of time loop stories <laughs> uh, that we yes. have become. We have professional like six of these. <laughs> That's right. We are professional time loop story Um what? Mm-hmm. what professionals? Professional <laughs> professionals? Professional, professional time professionals. loop stories. That's I was what gonna say, oh, with. critics. That's the word I was thinking. <laughs> yes, yeah. professional time oh, loop yeah. stories. Critics. Was this a good time travel? Uh, time travel time loop story, Corbin. I mean,
1: assuming that deleted scene is canon, then they yeah. didn't make any mistakes that Groundhog Day didn't make. So I would say, went, yeah, I would say, little. yeah,
0: it's a good. Time there are a story. few timing errors, but nothing egregious. But no one gets around that. I think,
2: that. Like, yeah, you can't really get around that. I think, yeah. as far as that goes, so yeah. A- I apparently, think it's could.
0: very hard to do. Is all I can imagine.
2: I think it's it was gotta be a good time travel story. Like what yeah. you would
1: have to do is before you start writing the story, lay out like a yeah. very very yep. strict timeline
0: of events, like a oh, yeah. like a, like a you would Christopher Nolan level of yeah time <laughs> map. Uh, go go check out the Christopher Nolan explains Inception. Ah. It he pulls it's out a longer
2: white, than the he, movie.
0: <laughs> it's like 30 <laughs> minutes I think. He pulls out a whiteboard and draws a timeline like Doc Brown and page or two. Yeah, it's oh it's it's, ma- it's hilarious. I mean, hilarious in the level of detail, but you're like, "Oh, this dude thought about this." Yeah. yeah. Um, and it I did. forget what it's called, but I think I think it's Christopher Nolan explains Inception or something like that. Um, yeah. Uh, Trip, did you already mention whether it was time Oh, yeah, I think
2: it was pretty good. Yeah. Because there's just a certain point where you can't get everything exactly correct and still have them win.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I feel like it breaks down. Yeah. Breaks down at some point. I don't don't know. I don't know. Like I said, it, it must be very hard. Because it's been consistent with every one of them that we've watched. Some of them worse than others. Yeah. Like I would argue the Doctor Who one probably did it the worst as far as the yeah. time loop being a little bit different as far because as where it was they shorter every time. <laughs> yeah. The fact that it was shorter every time, but they started in the same place. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I ain't We're not going to rehash that. <laughs> All right. So that brings us into Wibbly Wobbly Memories because next week we're continuing our Best Of series with the best of 12. We've decided we're covering Series 9, Episodes 7 and 8, The Zygon Invasion and The Zygon Inversion. So, what do you guys remember? The Didn't
1: title. <laughs> <And I'm
0: laughs>
1: Did we already talk about last week the whole negotiation thing? Because that's mostly yeah, what I remember.
2: That's what I remember. I remember the whole scene where they don't know which... Like, they don't know if they're human or Zygon.
0: Yeah. And I feel and like, like them I feel like I'm getting a detail wrong. Yeah. I remember the boxes. I don't and there being what a button did, on the box that would end the war one way or the other, but you didn't know which one. Oh yeah, was it would, it would it.
2: get rid of one of them.
0: Something like that. Um, I feel like I'm getting details wrong about the you don't know if you're a zygon or not. I feel like I'm missing something in the details there. And, and I I don't I don't know why. Yeah. this scene reminds me a lot of uh, the Hungry Earth, Cold Blood, two-parter with uh, where the humans have to sit down with the Syrians oh, yeah. and negotiate for presence on planet Earth. That is exactly what's happening here.
1: Yeah. It's
0: exactly what's happening here, but they go about it in a different way. Um, yeah. I remember um, Clara uh, being a Zygon. Oh, <clears throat>
2: I, I vaguely remember that. I remember that we don't know if the twins, if like. They kept dying or whatever, so we didn't know if any of them was actually the original.
0: They kept dying? Or
2: does, like, or no, that might have happened later. Like, so it was Osgood, and then the other Osgood was the Zygon, and you didn't know which one was which. Mm -hmm. And I think we figured out that maybe both of them were Zygons. Okay, so you're you're
0: remembering two different episodes here. So <clears throat> we have Osgood, yeah, and we have two Osgoods, and we're not clear who is a who is the human yeah. and who is the Zygon. <clears throat> but later on, there's an episode where Missy kills one of the Osgoods. Oh yeah, and then either that same episode or a later episode, we end up with two Osgoods again. So now we're not clear because. Because she refuses to say whether she's the human Zygon, the human Osgood, or the Zygon Osgood, because because that's the whole point. Right. And then later on, we end up with two Two Osgoods. Now we don't know do we have two Zygon Osgoods or a Zygon and a human Osgood? And the question becomes does it matter? Yeah. Again. But I think that was like, a couple of Later. other episodes that we're that we're talking about there. So I do remember them playing around with the twins idea here. Yeah. I don't remember if they come up with the plan. Like at some point the Osgoods become the symbol of the stand the stalemate of the the symbol of the peace between humanity and the zygons. Yeah. Because if there's the two of them, you don't know which one is human. That's the whole point. Yeah. So let's leave the other zygons be. You know that that kind of thing. Um, I feel like the the Zygon Clara was instigating the uprising of the other Zygons, and I'm trying to remember now: is this episode after Clara died? Ooh. And that's part of
2: which time that she died? I mean, yeah, I know exactly. she had died at some, at least once before. She died in her no. First I
0: episode. mean, I mean, I mean when like, she actually when she, the face of the Raven. When she was killed I by the raven. I think
2: that's a few episodes from now.
0: Is it yeah, I think it was. I don't I I I don't remember what was up with real Clara in this episode. I don't
2: remember being there there being a Zygon Clara, actually.
0: Oh, okay. Um I remember an epic, epic speech by the doctor. Yeah gotta have that in this kind of episode. what else do you got that's most most of what i remember I just is remember, that scene yeah, in the That like
2: yeah. five to ten minute scene i don't remember yeah. anything else and else. it is a
0: long scene too yeah. oh yeah corbin what do you remember that's the, the stuff we've said I remember. okay mm-hmm. cool well i'm looking forward to seeing what we didn't remember so we need to remember as we're watching it if something pops up and you go oh i forgot about that we need to write it down because yeah. we, we, we haven't been as great about that lately. After that, the game plan is, having concluded the master plan with Curse of the Fatal Death, the Curse of Fatal Death, ah, see, I did it again. Yep. We're heading back to the parallel universe in an alternate dimension on a branch of a timeline variant to witness Doctor Who, Dalek's Invasion Earth 2150. A title oh, yeah. that doesn't know when to stop. Yeah. And this is
1: going to be interesting because we have not seen the episode that this one is based off of. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, we haven't. Mm, no. We should do the other way around. We mean? should, we should, wa- we're going to watch, gonna watch this. First. So, and then so we, watch the we watched the Daleks it. and then we watched Doctor Who and the Daleks. Yeah, L- months later, a year later, something like that. So we this time do we're watching this, this and, then watch. and we yeah we haven't seen yeah. whatever it's called the Dalek, the the Daleks invasion of Earth or something like I that. I think, which yeah. might be the episode where we lose Barbara and Ian. So I'd be interested to see that anyway. Oh, um,
2: was that was with the first Doctor, Barbara and Ian? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I meant. Uh, the episode, this episode the, this, I I'm did pretty
0: not know sure that was with the first time. I'm pretty sure I, I could be wrong but I'm pretty sure I so let's it was wa- a let's later watch this I, I think
1: it's like the second Dalek story right so I don't really? I genuinely
0: don't know let's yeah. watch this one the the weird peter cushing version and then I don't know if we'll even cover it on the podcast
2: but we're um, we're going to go back and watch it
0: uh yeah, we definitely need to, to to watch it. Maybe, hey, maybe we'll maybe we'll do a little bonus episode. Um, so, speaking of the the old uh, the old show schedule, um, part of what's going on with that right now is, believe it or not, Easter Sunday is three weeks from now, mm-hmm. and all the rumors right now are pointing to the next episode of the Thirteenth Doctor being. On Easter Sunday or Easter weekend. And there is still not an official (sighs) announcement. Oh my God. The closest we've gotten is that radiotimes.com, supposed to be a pretty solid source for all things Doctor Who, has said that the director of the episode has said they've done, you know, they're, they're doing this episode of Doctor Who, which will air over Easter. Huh. So... The headline was uh, Easter special officially announced. No, it wasn't Radio Times. The director said it should be airing over Easter. That is not an official announcement from the BBC. So I'm still like, meh. But at any rate, we are currently scheduled to release our final episode of um, the best of 13 that week. And so in theory, we would do the best of 13... And then like, put all the podcasting equipment away and go downstairs and watch yeah. uh, Legend of the Sea Devils, which is the next title. Um, and then release that episode the next week. So maybe after that we cover the other, the original Doctor uh, uh, Dalek's Invasion of Earth or whatever, and and do that as like one more one more little bonus episode or something. Um, we'll see. And then uh then that's it, guys, until uh whether we decide to do a regeneration special or not. We'll have to we'll have to see. But at any rate, that's what's coming up for now. So uh, hop on it. Guys, noobs of the Hoovin is a production of Master Coliseum Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, your audio engineer is him. I'm your trip. production editor is that one. I'm of course. Special thanks to <laughs> memoryalpha.com <laughs> memory for the trivia. Thanks to uh, Victor, Jared, and James for their ongoing Patreon support. You can join them over at noobsinthewhovian.com slash support. And you can also find our subscribe button and all the other information where you can find us and follow us and love us and just like us and be, be our friend and everything. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen us post on Facebook in a while, it's not because we haven't posted. It's because as somebody discovered, I think it was Cindy told me the other day, she was like, oh, no, I haven't seen any of your posts in seven weeks. What? So she hadn't heard our podcast for seven weeks oh, no.
2: Jeez. because
0: for some reason, and remember, this is the person who likes every post and Facebook oh, yeah. still didn't show her any of our posts for seven weeks. Huh. I don't know how she finally saw something. And so she was like, don't worry, I'm catching up now. She listened to like seven episodes in like three <laughs> days. I was like, you poor thing. Um, so if you like her have not heard from us in Facebook in a while, go to our Facebook page and then look around in the settings and click first instead of like automatic or whatever, and that'll make sure that we actually show up in your feed instead of getting buried below thousands of other pages that you're following and everything. As always, my name is Austin. I'm the Hoobie, and these are my sons, Corbin and Trip. And, and we're, we're the new. And until next time, be safe if you can be, but always be like Clara. Who is amazing. <laughs> oh! <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Actually, As if you mean wait, no, she's not dead. She's, she's living forever. She's a weird her, state oh, yeah. in between
1: dead and immortal. So she, she has one. She has one, one heartbeat immortal. left, or
0: whatever. Hey guys, uh hang tight. There's about 12 minutes of bloopers. Be <laughs> 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 whip.
2: bloopers. I'm sure this, plenty of people will be mad by the fact us that we raging about them. this show. Are
0: we? Are we going now? Yes, we're going. Okay, so I'll ask again. Does anybody? Did anybody remember? That a core part of the Michael Burnham character is that she was raised by Vulcans. A core it? part nope.
1: at the
2: beginning. At the be- <laughs> yeah, they spent like the whole first season. It was we like Spock was on this show. That for was like season half two. A season
0: so no, he and was I on tot- all of season two. And I
2: totally forgot he was even mm. on this
0: yeah. show. so it was a core part of her character that she was part Vulcan, and dealing, and it was it was kind of like Spock. Spock was half human, half Vulcan, so in the original series, especially in the movies, he had to deal with that that clash of cultures and and for him it was biological even. And like we the were Vulcan doing hello
2: that, was the first Yeah. That was the name of the episode. That was like the and, first episode.
0: And aside from the occasional mention that she was from Vulcan. Yeah. Uh in in series three and four, season three and four, it's that's not now. Not she's the most now now one of the things that people complain about on the show is they find a new reason for her to cry every week. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. She was supposed to be a Vulcan. She behaved yeah. like a Vulcan for the whole first season.
1: Yeah, I've actually just realized. It's the reason
2: she almost got kicked out of Starfleet. Yeah. She was yeah. Like, no, over. Overly logic. Yeah.
1: So, like, at the beginning of the show, the fact that it's taking place only a few years before TOS is, like, important and something that's like We interact with those characters all the time. Captain Pike, Spock, Spock's dad, all yeah. these people. Yeah, And now we've jumped thousands of years removed from any other yeah. part of Star Trek. S-
0: Spoiler alert, 900 years in the future. Mm. And it's like a completely different show now from
1: what it was well, at the
0: beginning. Well, and what's, what's funny is, and again, if, if you're not caught up on Star Trek Discovery, stop listening to the bloopers, but... They jumped far enough ahead that they jumped over the destruction of, of Vulcan. Oh. Because remember that happened in one of the movies?
2: I don't, I don't know if we watched that one.
0: Or, uh, no, sorry. Sorry, not Vulcan. <sighs> it's wibbly wobbly. It, Romulus. Romulus. The, uh, the impetus that. of the 2009 Star Trek movie was future Spock... Returning, traveling into the past, because he was trying to save Romulus, and Romulus got destroyed. So everything that is in universe now, after that time frame, which which was in the future of that was beyond TNG, mm-hmm. that was beyond Voyager. So now Picard is is a after the destruction of Romulus, I think, um, and they have now jumped into the future where they are so far out that, that Romulus's destruction is hundreds of years in the past. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys even remember this. In season three, we talked about the, the Romulus, Romulans and the Vulcans reunited. And now there is no planet called Vulcan. It's called Navar. Oh, they they renamed the planet Navar. And so everything that would be considered Vulcan culture is now there's, these, there's this new culture on the planet of Navarre where 900 years later, they are still trying to integrate Romulans and Vulcans. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and well I say 900 years later, I don't remember how long, I don't know how far out into the future they reunited, but it was after the destruction of, of Romulus. So it's, it's just, everything's different. Everything's different. Mm-hmm. The Ferengis look different. Mm-hmm. The Federation is basically gone. Huh. Um it's weird. And then Picard is Q is screwing around with Picard again and threw him into an alternate timeline where the Federation never existed. Or it's something it's something different it's called the Confederation. Hmm. And it's hmm. it's kind Subtle. of No, 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 no. It, what's weird is it seems more like the mirror universe where humans are humans first and their, their slogan right now is a safe galaxy as a human galaxy. And they're like dictatorial fascists taking over the the galaxy. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, Oh, like I just, I just want to show where it's the Federation being normal for a little while, which is what strange new worlds is supposed to be.
2: Mm.
0: And guess what? There are new pictures coming out, which is causing all kinds of rumors. Apparently, Kirk might be there?
1: When is it taking place?
0: Ten years before he's the captain of the Enterprise. It takes place where Discovery left Discovery? off. Wow. Yeah, it's it's supposed to take up take place post season two of Discovery. Yeah. Where Spock and Pike have returned to the Enterprise.
1: I'd like Hi, to see why, Pike. Why I feel like a lot of the shows have been fairly closely grouped. Why did Discovery jump Leave this yeah, massive 800-year so hole I in the know. timeline of the Star yeah. Trek universe.
2: Like, we almost have a timeline of, like, where all, everything takes place.
0: All that the fans wanted was for Star Trek to pick back up after Voyager. That's what we mm-hmm. wanted. <laughs> after Voyager, you had Enterprise.
1: That's like a... Distant prequel, right? It,
0: it's the, mm-hmm. the granddaddy of all prequels. It is the first warp five capable ship. It's the first ship. I think it's the first spaceship, starship called the Enterprise.
2: Mm.
0: And it's the first, it's pre-Federation. The Federation doesn't exist.
2: What?
0: They know the Vulcans and they meet the Andorians. I mean, it's way back. Wow. And um, and then after that, the next thing you had. Was the J.J. Abrams reboot, which was going all the way back to Kirk and all of them, right? Is it? And then the Cannon? next thing you, huh?
1: Is that canon?
0: How does those... canon alternate work? timeline? Okay, it's, it's what's called the Kelvin timeline. And then after those three movies, you have Disco, which is pre-Enterprise. Sorry, pre-TOS post. Enterprise the series Mm -hmm. it's 10 years prior to Kirk, uh, being captain of the enterprise. And then the next, then the next thing that came out, uh, was Picard and lower decks came out around the same time. Mm -hmm. Lower decks is just after TNG. It's TNG classic era. Oh, It's TNG of Voyager era. I didn't know
2: when that took place.
0: It picks up just after the TNG movies finished up, because the end of the last TNG movie had Riker going off to become captain of the Titan. Yeah, that's that's what he marries Troy, goes off to captain the Titan, and then that's lower decks. Hmm. And then Picard is as far into the future as it actually was from like ninety five. 94 or whatever to 2019 the same they, they made the same amount of time had to passed is what they did and then uh that so that's the closest we've gotten to picking up where voyager left off and like i said the second season they're in the past <laughs> right. they threw them into the past
2: it's like dang it